welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 46, Episode 9 of SNL with host Kristen Wiig and musical guest Dua Lipa. I'm Catherine Coleman, and this week Steve Finn is back. And John's here too. If you'd like to connect with any of us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy these selected highlights from this week's discussion. If you'd like to watch our full-length, ad-free, sketch-by-sketch review, you can find it exclusively on Patreon and Subscribestar slash SNL Podcast. It's our supporters who make this show possible, we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. All right, guys, so Christmas time is fully here now and this year SNL gave us tons of Christmas content to dive into from the pain of motherhood to Dr. Seuss erotic fan fiction. <laughs> so let's break down this episode. Are we ready? I am ready. Absolutely. It's Christmas morning. Let's open up our present. Well, I got a Nerf gun. I got a hat. I got an autograph baseball bat. Christmas morning is here, and everyone has opened their cool new gifts. But Mom unwrapped a robe, just a robe, with a cameo from Chloe's dog, Peach, mm-hmm. who I was thrilled to see. It's an Good job, dog. Peach. Peach did great. So, Steve, what one about this one? Uh, not the mom, unfortunately. <laughs> but hey, you mark my words, uh, this year will be like record number of presents for mothers. After we all got this <laughs> kick in the ass. But what I really loved is, is, you know, Kristen's commitment to it. I think this is what really makes it work is that, you know, she's kind of half-assing her, uh, her performance. Like she's speaking in the cadence of, of like rapping, but she's barely making rhymes and mm-hmm. you could, you know, she's playing it as if she showed up unprepared. It was just like, whatever. I got my robe. I'm just going <laughs> to. Be part of the rap and then get to cooking breakfast like that. That really comes through in in the performance. So this this is golden stuff. One of my favorites of the night. Yeah, I absolutely loved this. I mm-hmm. thought it was fantastic. Such a great truism, right? Moms yeah. get shafted on gifts all the time. It sucks. And to execute it the way they did was where the craziness comes from. And I think you can kind of see. Uh, Stephen Castillo and Dan Beulah, who wrote it, coming through in how they chose to execute that. Because you could have had a sketch where everyone opens a present and then mom opens a robe. And everyone opens a present and, you know, maybe mom opens a second robe and all mom gets a robe. So there's like, there's a lot of ways you could go with this observation. But this is a really fun, let's make a Beastie Boys esque family <laughs> rap video. And mom's just only going to get a robe. What a, you know, what a great execution of this idea and i was having so much fun with it i just man i sent it to my mom before i went to bed last (laughs) night like that's how good it was you know a a 2 a.m text to my mom (laughs) so yeah huge win for me john how about you yeah i enjoyed it uh it it's definitely a smart true thing that they found to to highlight um the song itself is fun you know everything is just lit like super bright and Mm -hmm. festive and everyone is high energy and like kind of gonzo in the frame you know like there's just there's so much um mirth and energy and then you cut to Kristen and she's so deflated 
and just kind of at her wits end and trying to hold it in because, you know, moms feel pain on the inside. Um, <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's nice direction. Uh, so, you know, uh, Paul Berganti deserves a little mm-hmm. bit of, uh, appreciation Absolutely. for helping to realize it as well. Kristen Wiig's performance perfect like the the oh i haven't put on makeup yet but nobody's even listening you know mom (laughs) mom does not have a voice in this scenario uh she's just there to facilitate everyone else's joy and that's it's it's an oddly beautiful thing to highlight because what they're saying is this isn't right you know Mm -hmm. we do appreciate you we do see you we know that it goes overlooked sometimes way too long but you know here's here's a moment to to recognize that um that that feels good that's fun festive fair i can totally get on board with this all right well huge wins there up next a deleted scene from home alone 2 shows a darker side of the pigeon lady (laughs) so steve what one about this what one uh the fact that i've watched the home alone movie so many times and (laughs) never thought about how much more kevin could have done for the pigeon lady Right. In the home alone, right. like he really did uh, go overboard with treating himself. I mean, go nuts, but like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, this uh, raises some fun questions, but whatever, that's all fun. I just want to give props to the uh, costume department and oh, I want to yeah. give costumes to the prop department. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just thought they did a really great job getting all of the costumes exactly right from the movie Mm -hmm. they had kevin's jacket and hat um harry and merv were spot on and uh yeah kristen's not like a big match for the lady who plays pigeon lady she got the voice right at least Mm -hmm. so i guess my main point is that i appreciated the accuracy to a movie that i've watched literally like 500 times at least right so (laughs) yeah i think that's fair snl's so good at parody and matching all that kind of stuff and doing such a great job making it look and feel like what they're trying to parody yes so absolutely props were props are due i loved melissa villasenor's kevin what fun amazing casting that was <laughs> it and was great. she did <laughs> such a good job with it oh i just loved that that brought me so much joy to see uh, as for the sketch i think it is a really good observation uh, because he does this thing, he gives her a turtle dove ornament, and and we're meant to believe that it's this great gesture, and oh, how sweet that is! But like, she's still a homeless woman who does not have a Christmas tree. So, <laughs> all right, whatever. And so that was really fun to play with, and I was having a good time with this. I felt like it was a little slow, like beat two didn't really take me anywhere great, and then we get Harry and Marv come in and she stabs them to death. Um, so it ultimately went to like these great heightened crazy town places, but it, the pacing felt a little off, I guess, you know, I felt like we were kind of, Oh, we stabbed some people. Right. So that, that took me out a little bit and sort of drew it back. But again, I'm having fun with it. So a a little bit middle of the road, but overall a win. Mm -hmm. You're right. Melissa inhabited that role. Um, (laughs) I was getting shades of Sherry O'Terry and, and that's a, a compliment actually. Cause Sherry O'Terry was kind of the master of juvenile boy performances when she was on the show. Um, and, and just for some reason, that's kind of what I was picking up from Melissa in this role that I, I was, I was buying her as Kevin McAllister. And I think that's fine. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
but I was more intrigued by the fact that they started pummeling Marvin Harry, Marvin Harry, right? Pesci, Harry and, and Merv. Uh, Stern is there yeah. called by the, the wet bandits, right? The wet bandits. So she starts pummeling them, uh, Looney Tunes style with the, you know, the rotating fists. Right. And so they are saying very clearly that we are in the Acme Looney Tunes logic of violence that you get in home alone, right? Like right. an iron can fall on Marv's head and he's just going to like, get back up or they're going <laughs> right. to, it's a, a hot door knob that should, you know, burn the flesh from his hands. But for some reason they keep going on nails through feet, all the rest of it. So we're in that universe and then she bludgeons them to death and apparently it sticks pun intended. So I'm not sure if that confused me or if I just really like the idea that they're, they're stepping back and saying, no, in a moment of desperation, if, if bird lady needs to dispatch these guys to get her hotel room, she's going to finish the job that you would never see in the movies <laughs> because of the, the slap sticky uh, cartoon logic mm-hmm. of it all. The fact that they, they deviate from that and it becomes this, you know, horrific blood splattering scene. And, and then she lays all that burden at the feet of Kevin McAllister. No, we killed them. Like it got very <laughs> dark there. And so I like that turn, but I feel like they could have explored that more. Like maybe they do a few things in the cartoon logic realm to try and best them. And it just ain't happening. And eventually, you know, she has to just take measures into her own hands. Maybe there was more to explore there. That could have been fun. That said, what we got was perfectly enjoyable. I just, that was so intriguing to me that I would have liked that to get built upon in a, you know, some fictitious draft that will never exist. (laughs) There's a whole other sketch you can make about, yeah. Just the cartoon physics being removed from Home Alone and letting it play exactly. out. Exactly. Like, uh, what would happen if the first booby, booby trap that Kevin McAllister ever did just killed them dead? You know, like <laughs> the, paint, the paint cans, the first thing, the paint cans, right? <laughs> like, what if that just did them in and then it's just Kevin McAllister has to go to juvenile hall because, you know, he's a young <laughs> offender. Like, that's, that's a whole, I know that's a whole nother potential sketch that has nothing to do with what they were going for. But if you're, if you're going to change the logic of the universe, I want to play in that for a little bit. So that's my only mm-hmm. thought is I, I wanted much like the, the earlier sketch. I just, I wanted more in a world that was intriguing me. I think that's fair. Maybe next Christmas we'll get maybe the other side of this story. <laughs> I would, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. All right. Well, let's get out of that and into learning that the Grinch's heart wasn't the only thing that grew three sizes after he saved Christmas. Steve, how'd you feel about this Grinch fan fiction? I grew three sizes for sure. <laughs> In my heart from uh, the nostalgia that came from watching this. But hey, uh, it's it's a funny concept and, and the innocence of a child and and just what goes over their head at that age. It's it's funny to watch, you know, as a fly on the wall. And mm-hmm. gosh, yeah, I don't know where they came from the where the the idea came from to do with the Grinch. I was speaking of where this came from. I was shocked to learn that Jasmine Pierce did not write this sketch. Mm. Mm. She has a thing about posting on Instagram about how hilarious it is that people have Grinch kinks and like sexy Grinch stuff. It's a thing that exists on the internet and she thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. And I agree with her. So this came on and I was like, yes, Jasmine finally wrote the Grinch sketch and then to the point that she posted on her Instagram story today, I did not write the Grinch sketch. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it, it turns out, I think it's a Streeter and Mikey yeah. joint. I'm uh, sure. I'm sure she walked by the office. 
and yeah, checked in I'm on like, the Grinch sketch for sure. <laughs> Maybe they were inspired by some of her posts about sexy Grinch. So <laughs> I was a little bit primed to the sketch in that I've, I've seen this stuff on the internet and I, and I was very excited about it because I think it is hilarious. And I, <laughs> this was such a fun place to go. I like it when they take these wholesome kids things like, like the I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus sort of deal and just make it a little darker. So I thought this was really good. They took it to great places. I wish it wasn't COVID so we could have seen Mikey fully kiss the Grinch. But, mm. you know, these are the times we're living in. So I'll settle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved this. John, what do you think? I like a lot about it. I like everything to do with the world and the production and the makeup and the costuming and just digging deep on Seuss references, even <laughs> uh even uh Mikey shirt it's like who will you so mm-hmm. you know what we all sleep in old tattered you know t-shirts right like that's that's a thing you know like that's what you go to bed in so of course if you are a Whovian uh from Whoville you probably went to university in Whoville and someone mm-hmm. thought let's give him a old university of Whoville t-shirt and those mm-hmm. little things are not lost on me i love all of that i also love that Pete Davidson was doing some acting like he he mm-hmm. wasn't pete he was the grinch and he was trying to pull off his his best grinchy accent and just <laughs> really um grime up the role as much as he could and I, I thought that he was handling that really well it it helps that he had amazing prosthetics so yeah. big shout out to louis oh, yeah. team on that but um one of our one of our oldest and um truest listeners pretty in pink was talking on Twitter today and made a really good point that I wanted to steal. And that is that it would appear from an episode like what we got tonight, that Andrew Desmukes is being handed the uh, resident young person, wild eyed child roles. And it's kind of creating a bit more space for Pete to be taken on these meteor roles. Uh, And it's just interesting to see that because for so long, Pete was the, the standup kid that they hired because he's got some cachet with the millennials and all of a sudden he's doing like some serious sketch comedy. And so it's, it's just interesting to see um, him fully inhabiting the, the senior player mode and uh, taking on these kind of roles and handling them really, really well. And just interesting that, you know, they've, they've got someone to now, you know, fill out the ranks that maybe, maybe he's, um, been promoted from so i don't know it was an interesting insight i wanted to steal it i told her i wasn't going to give her credit but i'm just not that guy so you know Manette, <laughs> that was a beautiful insight and uh, i i thought that was right on point if you want to see our full sketch by sketch review search for snl after party on patreon or subscribestar.com let's get into our thoughts and ratings huh we'll start with moment of the night steve what was it Oh, moment of the night. You actually mentioned it uh, already. Uh, it was Ego's line. Yeah, I've got that swagger that you have when you're not a pedophile. It's like, it's I'm just going to burst. It bursts the whole thing wide open in that one line. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. the reason you're attracted to me is the reason that I'm not attracted to you, <laughs> basically. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it just sums everything up in, in such a perfect line. So <laughs> The bluntness of that character mm-hmm. is what really sold it. I I had a hard time with moment of the night because my my overall thesis statement on this episode 
is that it was an episode full of really great moments and really average sketches. Mm. Each sketch had one thing, at least, that I was like, oh, that was a great line. Oh, that was fantastic. But a lot of them just never really got into a full great category that I was like, that was a fantastic sketch. But yeah, so a, a night full of moments. I'm ultimately going to go with the Scar Joe joke. It was announced that Creed singer Scott Stapp will play Frank Sinatra in an upcoming movie. But the good news is Sammy Davis Jr. will be played by Scarlett Johansson. I thought that was a nice layered joke. And we love to bring up Colin and Scarlett Johansson. So what's not to love there? John, what's your moment? I, I love it because of what it says thematically and also in how it, it was just realized on screen. But the reveal of Chloe's dog Peaches in our, you know, put upon mother pre-tape. It's just so perfect that the mother, she just kind of lifts her head and she thinks, oh, they do appreciate me. They do love me. And then, no, it's like hard cut to this adorable puppy that, of course, how could they not love this little puppy more than they love their mom? Or just like be thinking more of wanting to shower it with gifts because right. that is that that dog, I'm sure, was like genetically cooked up for maximum adorability like the <laughs> puppies do not come cuter than that that little puffball he he looks like they took a hairdryer and just like f- made him like took his hair and, and gave it maximum fluff potential like mm-hmm. just everything about him says i just want to squeeze you and love you and you can lick my nose because you're the most adorable thing so okay Elmira. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hug you and squeeze you and love you forever. Um, the fact that that's what upstages the mom and steals away her moment of gratitude and the fact that they take it and they've got the floor shot of the puppy running at you. And then they're, they're doing these staccato cuts in time with the, the rap beat. So you're, you're, you're almost getting like a record scratch cut of the puppy in the midst of all the presents and the puppy in the robe. And just it's, it's, it's full on puppy mode. And I just don't think that there's a better way to say, we don't appreciate you mom than to have this whole big, like second (laughs) movement in the song about puppy and just how, how adorable that puppy is. And uh, if they had like a beagle or something, it just wouldn't have worked as well. It had to be that little fluff ball. And uh, I just, (laughs) It's it's nice when something like that comes together and has the visual punch to really sell the gag. Um, yeah. There. Chloe's dog. That's my moment. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about the best sketch then. Steve, what was Woo! it? Best sketch. I'm going to give it to the Home Alone 2 sketch, probably because my sister would kill me if I didn't. <laughs> and uh, I mean, maybe it wasn't the greatest sketch of the night, but I feel like this is where the whole crew, Sean, in kind of recreating the look and feel of home alone Two on studio 8h absolutely they they really nailed it down to melissa's little collar peeking mm-hmm. out over her sweater you know yes they perfect. did a great job <laughs> uh i think for me far and away the best sketch was christmas morning with the robe and the mom yeah oh man that that sketch just really soared above all the rest of them for me i thought it was really great Excellent observation, executed really well, great direction, great writing, great performances. I, I, there was nothing not to like about it for me. So, congrats. Who <laughs> <laughs> it is? John, how about you? Agreed. I think tonight has to come down to the pre-tapes. We had some fun stuff mm-hmm. for features on Weekend Update, but like you said, all the sketches had moments 
or maybe they had a, a great core idea there. There was, a, there was something to like about everything tonight, but there wasn't an end to end total win as much as we got with the Christmas morning pre-tape. It was just really well realized. They, they picked the right genre to, to bring it out, you know, musically. And, uh, Kristen Wiig, she, she actually is really good as kind of a, a low key put upon mom. It was really, really nicely realized. So, uh, Stephen Castillo, Gambula and Paul Briganti, they, uh, th- we've been saying their names a lot this season. Cause I, yeah. I, th- I think we're seeing like duos forming among the, the junior writing staff. And that's nice to see. Very good. Let's talk about the MVP then. Steve, who is it? Got to give it to Kristen. She was, uh, definitely a host with a lot to carry that's always expected of a cast member with a repertoire of characters and memories with the show it's going to be you know all on their shoulders they're basically going to lead every sketch and yeah everything that was produced felt like it revolved around her when she wasn't the focus of attention there was some kind of connection with her and and the the next generation of cast members there was definitely a whole new feel of Kristen Wiig's mm-hmm. presence on the show with this new cast around her. And I thought, you know, it really worked really well. Yep. I second everything Steve said. Hmm. I give it to Kristen. I think it it's, and it's what happens a lot when you have a, a veteran come host. They right. get they get meatier parts than other hosts get. They get to carry more sketches on their backs than other hosts get to do. And it makes them feel really prevalent. And as much as Kristen did bring that baggage of well, we have this, we have to recur these sketches and they're maybe not our favorite characters. She did a great job with everything else and really gave us some really great performances. You know, she's an icon. She's fantastic. Uh, I do want to give an honorable mention to Andrew Dismukes though, because this, he, he was in a lot and he got a really nice meaty role in that teacher pre-tape. And I think he did a great job with it. And it's always nice to see, you know, a featured player get their first real big episode where they're starting to stand out and get big parts so big mention there but Kristen's my ultimate mvp john how about you yeah i was scanning through the rundown here to try and find anyone else to give it to because it's kind of hard to not see that as the obvious choice and rightfully so um yeah honorable mention to andrew desmukes but you you can't deny it like it, it it's just a christian wig show there's just nothing else <laughs> to, to really say about it you gotta respect what she's able to do on snl she was mm-hmm. just, she's just one of those people that was built for the show and when she comes back, even after, you know, so much time away, it, it feels like she hasn't missed a beat. And, uh, yep. you know, you gotta, you gotta recognize that she is definitely the MVP tonight. Yes. It's her home. All right. On a scale of classic, great, decent week or train wreck, Steve, how would you rate this episode? I'll give it a, tr- a, a great. Mm. That was the one. Yeah. The great is, uh, definitely what I'm giving it to. I, had a lot of fun with this episode. Uh, most of the sketches worked for me. And even the ones that weren't at least had something. There was definitely a lot of moments uh, to, to grasp on to. Like, it really made it a, a, a memorable show. I'm a little torn. Because on one hand, I want to give it a great because nothing, nothing here fully fell flat. There was not a single sketch that I was just like, eh, nope, not for me. Everything won, but nothing really soared it with the exception of the Christmas morning. Like I said, it's a sketch. It's a show filled with tons of great moments and just sketches that were middle of the road. So I think I have to give it a decent in that respect, even though 
it was a very even episode. We have a lot of episodes that feel a lot more uneven than this one. Um, but nothing, I didn't feel like anything was so exceptional that it's, you know, a, a new classic sketch. Um, except for the Christmas morning one, which, which was really good. Yeah. Um, it'll end up but, on the holiday reel. Yeah. Right. But everything else was just so, um, just fine. It's a decent. You're exactly right. It was a really, really fun night that didn't get to any great heights. So I can't say it's great. Um, but along the way, there was still enough that was keeping me interested at the very least with the mm-hmm. live sketch fair that it held together. And, um, weekend update features were solid. Monologue was solid. Fun ideas just didn't quite go far enough for me. One really good pre tape. Well, a couple good pre tapes. Uh, so there's enough here that it's it's definitely in the decent range, but I don't feel like it got to the the great territory uh, that you would hope for from a Kristen Wiig episode because she can turn in fantastic performances. And I'm, I think at this point, maybe just um, they need to venture a little further away from her tried and true characters. And then maybe we'll have a more inventive show that maybe will surprise us and create a new classic because they're not playing it safe with the Kristen roles that we know are inevitable. So uh, not a bad outing, but not a great one. Yeah. So overall, maybe not the best episode, but certainly one to have fun with. Sure. And leading us into a a long break here over the holidays. So, John, what do you have going on while we're (laughs) off? That's a very organic handoff. Um, I specifically requested (laughs) that you throw to me for a plug here at the end of the show. (laughs) Way Um, to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's it's, it's okay. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll make no uh, bones about it. Anyone that watches Mandalorian knows that they just wrapped their second season. And I talk about that on a podcast called Star Wars TV Talk that can be found in all your podcast apps of choice. And uh, yeah, we just we finished up our coverage this weekend of uh, that last finale, which was a very interesting finale. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, but if there's anyone is into to that, spoil in that, there's nothing to spoil. It was a very uneventful finale. Um, <laughs> but if anyone is into that show and enjoys my take on this kind of pop culture stuff by all means check out star wars tv talk i would love you to come and give it a listen very good steve you up to anything while we're off oh no just home for the holidays (laughs) gonna spend it with mother all right well i just uh shot a sketch yesterday it'll be up on my youtube in the next couple weeks i'm really excited about it so give us a little moose bouche what 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 are we in for if we check it out so this sketch is about a man uh, tasting impossible burgers. He's at a taste test, uh, but his whole deal is that he can taste the soul of the meat that he's eating. <gasps> and he can describe to you the animal in immense detail. Okay. Well, that, there's a <laughs> bush. All right. And so I'm that'll be dropping that. on your, your social at some point in the next couple weeks. Yeah, that'll be on my social in the next couple weeks. So if you're just really missing me and my sense of humor, check it out. Very good. <laughs> All right. Well, We'll miss you guys, but we'll be back in January. And that is a wrap. Thanks to Steve Finn and John Murray. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow and your support greatly appreciated we'll be back next year when snl returns but until then this has been episode number 124 
the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) 